Masechet Besa Daf 33. Uh, we're going to be talking about lots of different topics, all regarding Yom Tov, and they relate to building, constructing, which is not allowed on Yom Tov or Shabbat, and also Mukseh, and also uh, preparing a vessel. And all these three concepts are actually related to each other because something, if you have in mind, I'm going to use this for a certain purpose, and then I use it for a different purpose. So it's mukse for that, because then by, by doing something, I'm preparing it for uh, a different usage. So preparation and mukse go in a way hand in hand. And so let's see some examples. Uh, the last one that we, that we left off from before was if you want to make a, a makeshift stove or toilet, and then uh, put just two, two bricks or two stones and then put a pot on top. That's not allowed because then you'd be constructing uh, constructing a little building. And even though it's temporary, so it might just be the Midr Abanan, nevertheless, the rabbi said, don't do that because then you'll come to make a, uh, a, a permanent type of construction. Hey, look, I put these two things on top of each other, so it must be allowed to put things on top of each other, but then you're going to go make a brick wall and that won't be good. Okay, but here's a, getaway, a way to get around that because there are cases when you do need to put things on top of each other. So, let's say you want to make a bonfire. You're allowed to make a bonfire. You're going to get the fire, pre-existing fire. That's another halacha we're going to see today about um, lighting fire. So you can't light a fire, but you could put a, a pile of wood and then go and, and light it. Uh, but the problem is it looks like you're constructing if you're putting wood on top of each other. So here's what you do. You build it from top to bottom. In other words, you have someone hold a log uh, up in the air and then someone else slip another log underneath it. And so I'm not building because I just put a log on the floor. It happened to be there was a log on top that someone was holding, but I didn't place it on top to begin with. Okay, so that's brilliant uh, top-down thinking. But to build from, from down to up, the usual way, that would not be okay. And here's some other similar examples. And so too with an egg. Um, so you want to put an egg on top of some kind of vessel or on top of a grill to cook. But the problem is the egg, might, you might look like you're putting that on top and building something. So therefore, take the grill, hold it up, and put the egg on, and then take the whole thing and put it down, so you're building from top down. And the same thing with a pot. If you want to have a pot on a makeshift stove, so hold the pot in the middle of the air, then bring two barrels on the sides and uh, right under the pot, and then that holds the pot up, and you make a fire in the middle. And so to a bed, if you need the, those beds that were collapsible beds that you would take down and put up, and so usually you'd put the legs and then the top on the top over it, that's building. Instead, take the top, uh, the, the top, stretch it out, and then slide the legs underneath. And so to a chavit, if you have a bunch of barrels that you want to uh, stack on top of each other, don't do it the normal way. Hold the barrel in the air and then put the other one underneath. Okay, uh, these are all, I mean, uh, this is, a, I guess, a little bit more work but at least it's a reminder that this is Yom Tov, so we don't do work in the usual way. All right, now the Mishnah that we had before, I said, mm-hmm. So we saw that the, not this uh, pot, not only can you not put it on top of two barrels or stones, you also cannot take a piece of wood and prop it 
under uh, under the the pot. Uh, so the pot would be on a on a slant so that you could put fire underneath, and the pot is resting on the piece of wood. That's also like like is like construction. And then it says vechen badelet, and also with a door. And uh, we would read this at first. It sounds like we're propping the pot on top of a door. But we ask, how exactly would you do that? It doesn't really make sense. So you know what? Change the bet. And also a door. The door is not propping up a pot, but rather we're taking a piece of wood to prop open the door. Don't do that either. Don't put a piece of wood, slide it under the door to, to prop it up. That would be the same as a pot. And we have a braita that says it explicitly in this way. So you can't use wood to prop open to prop up a pot or a door. The reason is because wood, pieces of wood are made, are set aside for kindling. On Yom Tov, if you have some wood around, you have in mind, I'm going to use this for a fire in case I need a fire. So it's set aside for that. It's mukseh for any other purpose. Uh, however, the Bishimon in general is lenient on mukseh, so the Bishimon would say all these things are okay. Since you could use it for fire, you could use it for other things as well. Now, the Mishnah when had another law. You're also not allowed to take a stick to lead an animal um, on Yom Tov. And on this, on this one, we have um, Rabbi Elazar says it's okay. He's the son, by the way, of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the same Rabbi Shimon we left it with, who is lenient regarding Mukseh. So it looks like maybe they're related. I mean, they're related, they're father and son, but maybe the, the opinions are also related. Maybe the reason that the problem with the stick is that it's Mukseh. This guy is going and taking a stick that's meant for firewood, and now he's going to use it to lead an animal. So you can't, it's, it's mukseh, it's not the right purpose. And so maybe the reason Abi El Azad uh, says it's okay is because he agrees with his father and says there's no mukseh. Doesn't matter that you didn't have it in mind to use as a stick, it's still fine. Is that the reason? No, not necessarily. It could be that Abi Shimon even though he's generally lenient with mukseh, he might be stringent in this case because when the person's leading the animal out in the street, everyone looks at it and says, it looks like he's leading it to the market to go ahead and sell. And that's a weekday commercial thing to do. And that's the problem. So the problem would not be mukseh, but there could be a different problem. Anyway, his son doesn't have either problem uh, with it, but it's not necessarily that he agrees with his father on that point. All right, and now we get to a related case of chizra, a bamboo branch. And this, again, this bamboo would be used for, uh, for firewood or maybe to feed to an animal. Um, but you want to use it as a skewer. Now, a skewer is a vessel, even though it looks very simple. Nevertheless, it is, in fact, a vessel. And you didn't have in mind that you're going to use it for a skewer. So what's the law about this? Rav Nachman Asar, Rav Sheshat Shareb. Now, so we have Machloket. Biritiva Kule Alma. We're going to have two explanations of this Machloket. Biritiva, if it's still uh, moist, this bamboo, Kule Alma La Peligi De Asur. Everyone agrees it's not, it would not be, be prohibited. The reason is because uh, when it's, when it's uh, moist, it's not really used for firewood because you don't, you can't burn, it's hard to burn moist things. So in that case, 
you can't use it because you probably didn't have in mind for firewood. And so you definitely can't use it as a skewer. But the machloket between Rav Nachman and Shashat is if it's dried out bamboo. The one who says no says, listen, you had in mind to use it for firewood, but that's it, only for firewood and not for a skewer. The one who permits Rav Shashat has a good opinion. He says, what's the difference if I put it in the fire with meat on it? Or just put it in the fire, right? Either way, I have in mind I'm going to put it in the fire to be as uh, as a fire would. So now I'm still putting it in the fire. I just happen to put a piece put a piece of meat on it to use as a skewer. So really, it's all the same usage. All right, I think that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, ika There's another interpretation of the machloket which is more stringent and says deshare. Um, if it's uh, dry, everyone agrees it's permitted. Sorry, this one would be more lenient, right? Everyone agrees it's permitted if it's dry. Uh, no problem at all. The machloket is actually when it's moist. One, the one who says no good because um, it's not fit for firewood because it's moist and therefore you can't use it for anything. One who permits says, if you have a big fire that's really hot, then you could put it in, and even if it's moist, it'll dry out quickly and burn. And so, therefore, you did have in mind to use it for firewood, and therefore you can use it as a skewer as well. So those are the two interpretations. The bottom line is, if it is dry, then the, you can use that bamboo also for a skewer. All right, and now we have a related law, Darash Rava. Question? And yeah, does this imply that uh, that the Amoraim are posek, not like Rabbi Shimon? Uh, it's hard to know because there's uh, many different reasons. There's different ways to uh, get to the same conclusion. But, so but they're all implying that if it can't be used for burning, it can't. It shouldn't be used. That it can't be used at all. Otherwise, Yavishta. Uh, it's no, but here the problem is if it can't be used for burning, it can't be used at all. Look, even Nabi Shimon has some mukseh, so you know they, he he just doesn't apply it across the board, and it's always a little tricky to say to figure out you know which types of mukseh does he have and which he doesn't. That's a good question, though. Okay, uh, so darash rava. When you say darash, it means that he gave he said this. He didn't just say amar. He gave this in a public lecture, which makes it a very official halacha lemaaseh. And he said, So a woman wants, she needs a firebrand, a poker to, to poke the, the wood, to turn it over. And she doesn't have one ready. So she goes to the, to the wood storehouse and takes just a regular piece of wood and now is going to use it as a vessel. So similar to before, when um, we wanted to use it as a skewer. So Rava says, no, you can't do it. And now the opposite case. Let's say I have a firebrand, a poker, and it breaks. And now I want to just throw the whole thing into the fire. That's also no good because I had in mind that this would be a vessel and I didn't have in mind that it would be firewood. And we had a principle that we saw so a couple of pages earlier, that if you want to take a vessel and throw it into the fire, that's okay, because it's not mukseh. I had in mind there would be a vessel, but not broken vessels. So that actually, if it was a good poker, then I could throw it into the, in, in there. But once it's a broken vessel, then it's mukseh totally. It's not, can't be used as a vessel, and therefore cannot be used 
for fire either. So we see that Vaz taking a pretty stringent stance regarding uh, using wood from one purpose to another um, of, uh, as firewood or as a vessel. Now, question. Sounds here that he is stringent like Rabbi Yehuda and has Mukseh and says, even if you could use it for one thing, you had this firewood, you still can't use it as a vessel. Uh, so that would be Rabbi Yehuda. But Ava himself, and we have a story, he told his attendant, go ahead and roast a duck for me. And I, that would be on Yom Tov. And it's innards, which are not edible. Throw it to the cat. Now, how could he say that since it's mukseh? You had in mind that you would eat this duck, so it's okay for you, but you didn't have in mind that you were going to give it to the duck, the innards, so it should be mukseh and not allowed. So according to that, it sounds like he, he permits it, so he doesn't follow the biyudah. On the other hand, above here, he's, he's stringent. It sounds like he is following the biyudah. So which one is it? And our answer is hatam in this case of a duck, since you know the innards, you can't just leave them out. They're going to start stinking. And uh, so even from the day before, you say, I'm going to eat the duck, but the innards, I'm going to give to the cat. And therefore, even the Biuda would agree there's no problem of mukseh. Question? Um, this discussion about the poker, whether you can put it in the fire, how is this different from uh, before we had a discussion about if you have a Korah and it breaks, or even if you have a Korah, can you put it in the fire? Same idea. Mm -hmm. Isn't it exactly the same situation? It is. It's exactly the same idea. Yes. Right. And so we saw there were different opinions there, but the, this is the, uh, the opinion The opinion we're going with here is that if it's a whole vessel, that's okay. Um, because I had it in mind for one purpose, it's okay to use for another purpose. But if it's broken, then it's mukseh for any purpose because you wouldn't use it as a vessel, therefore, and I didn't have in mind from before, if it broke before uh, Yom Tov, and I said, I'm going to burn it, that's okay, but if it breaks on Yom Tov, it loses the status of something usable and becomes totally mukseh. So yes, this is picking up on an opinion that we saw earlier. All right. Just, I'm sorry, as a tangent, is this similar to, in, in some ways, you know, the whole discussion with Rabbi Yehuda about, for example, the water, once it's allowed for one thing, it's allowed for every other thing. It seems mm -hmm. like it's a similar concept. It is a similar concept. That is a little bit different that um, if to do a melacha of cooking or a similar melacha that is allowed for cooking, uh, can you do the same action if it's not for cooking? And so we, there is a range of opinions in that regard. And is it something that's nefesh? This is a little bit different because this is about mukseh. And actually this would apply to Shabbat also. Um, well, not, not, not something that can be burned, but on Shabbat also, you can have a case where I had in mind, I'm going to use this item for purpose A, but now I want to use it for purpose B. So it's really, it's really more about the laws of mukseh and the definition of mukseh is something that is usable for one purpose, only for that purpose. We remember we saw Rabbi Nechemia said, if you have, if you have a, uh, a knife, you can only use it for cutting food, not even for cutting uh, rope. Uh, so that was an extreme example of, of uh, extremely prohibitive uh, opinion regarding mukseh. So this is more of a mukseh, even though you're right, there is a similarity of using from one, using one application to another. All right, more on the same same topic. Next Mishnah. Rabbi Eli Ezer Omer, Notel Adam Kesam Mishelefanav Lahasot Bo Shinav. Let's say you have a pile of hay straw in front of you. In front of you means it's there, you know, in 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 your house. So you intend to use it probably for burning. 
But now you say, I just finished my meal, then some stuff, there's some food stuck in my teeth. I need a, a toothpick. So can you take from the straw a little piece and use it as a toothpick? The Be'eliezer says, yes, that's fine. Even since it's not mukseh, because I can use it for firewood, I can also use it for a toothpick. Good. And another thing you could do is if I have a bunch of straw out in my courtyard, it's all strewn about, and it's in my courtyard, so it's enclosed, so I have in mind, I can gather it together, and then I can use it for fire. If it's in my yard, then I ha- it means that implicitly I have it in mind, even if it's strewn all over the place. We saw a similar law before. So the Be'eliezer is uh, lenient here. They say, I can only take what is in front of me here in the house and light it. I cannot go out to the courtyard and bring it together because that's not sufficient, didn't have it in mind. Um, so you see that he is more stringent about that. Okay, now, here is the source of the law that we've uh, been quoting a lot, but here is uh, where it comes from, that you cannot create fire on Yom Tov. Uh, and you can't take it, get it from wood by rubbing the wood together and not from stones by knocking the stones against each other to make a spark and not from hot dirt. It might be talking about some kind of like lime or something that even, that gets very hot and make a fire from that. And not from tiles, banging tiles together to make a, um, a spark and not from water. Now you're wondering, how could you make fire from water. The answer is, if you put water in a glass and it acts as a magnifying glass, like we all did when we were kids, and uh, light a leaf on fire with a magnifying glass, so use the water in that way. Amazing! They knew how to do that, right, 2,000 years ago, so that's really cool. Anyway, even though you're doing it in an indirect way and the sun is doing it, also prohibited, on Yom Tov. Also, with the tiles, you can't make them white uh, white hot, and then they would like make it hot and then put food on it. So that's also like making a burning hot, not, not a fire, but an, a, an item that is so burning hot that it can then go and cook something else. All right, so this is the source. A question is why? Why can't you make a fire since you're allowed to cook and do other things? So what's the problem with making a fire? So there's really two possibilities. One is that you're creating something new. Uh, there was no fire there before, and now you're creating something new. And the other reason, which Rambam says, is that this is something that you could have done before. It takes some work to do, and you could have laid, made a fire before and kept it going, and therefore you're not allowed to do on Yom Tov what you could have done before. All right. Now, Amadav Yehuda, Gemara says, So animal fodder, anything that you set aside that this will be animal food, you don't have to worry about using it for something else. If you want to make a toothpick out of it, or you want to use it to prepare a, a vessel of some kind, because it's already animal fodder. So that's the statement of Rav Yehuda. So he's pretty lenient, we see here, in um, applying one usage to another. Uh, the problem is that he's too lenient for the following baraita. Avkana challenges him and says from this baraita, So atse besamim, these fragrant uh, sticks 
so they, these generally would be used for animal fodder. I guess they smell good. Maybe they taste good, at least to animals. And now I want to take it to, so I can smell it because they do smell good. So I'm using it for, for one purpose and now taking it for another. That's fine. Or to wave it in front of a sick person to revive him. I can even take the, the, the leaf or the branch and rub it between my fingers to get some more smell out. That's all fine. But here's what you cannot do. And, but you cannot cut it. You want to cut the branch so that you have an opening where the fragrance will come out. You cannot do that because now you're creating a vessel by doing that cutting. But this is a low level. This is just banan. You don't get punishment for this. However, but if I take this branch, which is good for animal fodder, and I cut it in such a way intending that I'm going to make a toothpick out of it, then Hayav Chatat, I am actually violating Shabbat. Um, that's if I do it by mistake. If I do it on purpose, it would be Karet or Sikila. So you see here that even though it's made for animal fodder, nevertheless, I'm not allowed to turn it into a, a vessel. And that would be against Rav Yehuda, who said, anything that is made for animal fodder, I can use for any other vessel. So that is the challenge to Rav Yehuda. And he answers, So Rav Yehuda first is saying, wow, you're really piling, piling up your arguments against me. You really could have quoted this, but I can't stop that. That already is a question, because I said it's totally allowed. And But you continue and you read the whole thing, you tell me the whole baraita, even this part. So, wow, you're really, uh, really attacking me. But don't worry, I have an answer. Ella This baraita is talking about branches that are hardened. And since they're hardened, they're less likely to be used for animal fodder and uh, more likely to be used for building material. You can make a beam out of it. And so that's why this baraita is stringent. When I said my law, I was talking about soft ones, um, that uh, soft branches that are usable, more usable for animal fodder, not for building. And those you can turn it into a toothpick or whatever you want, because that's, I have in mind, I'm gonna use it for a permitted purpose, feeding animals and not a prohibited purpose like building. Okay, good. So that, uh, that seems to be a good answer. Um, I mean, it might look like here is kind of kind of backing into this. Doesn't say anything about here, hard and soft. And really, kashin ninhu. After all, it says I can I can rub it with my with my finger. I can rub the branch. Now, if it's hard, then you would really wouldn't be able to rub it with your hands and get any uh, fragrance out of it. So it doesn't really make sense. So here we're going to answer Listen, that Baraita is missing words. This is the proper reading of it. Um, okay, whenever we see we always wonder, is it just adding expl explanatory words but not changing the text? Or is it saying you have the wrong text? You have the wrong version. Here's the right version. I think in this case, it's a it was a wrong version because the additions are very significant. So here's the correct version of it. You are allowed to uh, rub it or to cut it and smell it. So that's all allowed. That's if it's soft. So you see Rav Yehuda follows this, the half of the Braita. If it is hard, these branches, then then you cannot cut it. If you did, 
then uh, you do no punishment. But if you did it to get a toothpick, then that would be totally chayav chatat. The difference is that making a toothpick is really making a, a new vessel. So that's definitely prohibited. If you just break, cutting it to get a smell, not really making a new vessel, but it's similar enough that banan they will pr- prohibit it because that was, uh, is too similar to actually making a real vessel. All right, so actually we have a, we have a baraita that backs up the Rav Yudah's answer. And we have now two more baraita that also agree with this distinction. There is one baraita that says you are allowed to cut a branch and smell it. Another one says you cannot cut a branch and smell it. And we already answered that, these, that contradiction to say, if it's soft, then it's meant for animal fodder. So then you can use it to cut and smell also. But if it's hard, it's probably meant for, uh, for building material. And then it's mukse, and you cannot cut it and smell it. All right. Now, question on this very law that we said, if it's a hard branch, it's a problem. Right, that's what we saw above in this, in the, in this, uh, we'll call it the first braita. But now we're going to learn the second braita, which is lenient regarding hard, uh, hard branches. Bekashina, uh, my law, why not? What's wrong with hard branches? Isn't it the same as the following Mishnah? There's a Mishnah from Masechet Shabbat. Shoved Adam etechavit girogarot. Let's have a barrel full, full of figs and it's closed up, it's sealed, but I want to eat the figs. So can I break open the vessel? Answer is yes, you are, are allowed, even though it's breaking, deconstructing. Yeah, but it's not for any productive purpose. When I break the barrel, then that's it, it's broken. So that's what we add, as long as you don't intend to make a new vessel. Uh, by that you'll use this open barrel afterwards. This is a very relevant halacha nowadays. Uh, applies, for example, to opening a can on Shabbat. Can you open a can? The problem is when you open a can and take off the top, now you're making a vessel, right? Some people like to use their can. They use it as a pencil holder, right? Or whatever. So if your intention in opening the can is to make a pencil holder, then it's not allowed because you're creating a vessel. Um, because of this, some people... Uh, especially Ashkenazim, they, before they open the can, they'll make a hole in the bottom, you know, using the other side of the can opener. That way it's not usable and everything starts falling out. And then they open the top of the can and that, that way they destroy it before they open it so they're not making a vessel. Uh, Sfaradim generally are lenient on this and say, my intention is not to make a vessel. People aren't usually using the, uh, the, the can uh, later as another vessel. So therefore it's okay. And that's what this Mishnah says that it is permitted. Okay, good. So that's what we have so far. Now, ve'od, ha, rava, yeah, bad, rav, ada, ve'ravin, right, so in this case, even though I am removing pieces from the chavit, it's still okay. And furthermore, rava, bad, rav, ada, ve'ravin, bad, rav, ada, damre, talvayu, kiavin, and be'rav, yuda, haba, mefashach, be'yahev, lan, alvata, alvata, afagav, dechazia, lekatata, when we were in um, the house of Rav Yudah, he would take, um, uh, he would break off sticks from wood from this kind of spice tree and give it to us. Maybe they were using it as, as toothpicks or whatever. And even though it was hard wood, the wood was so hard, you could have used it as an axe handle or a hatchet handle. Um, or a, a hatchet handle. So therefore you see from these two sources that even hard wood 
um, I am allowed to break off uh, if I need to. And this is hardwood and never, it's permitted. And this goes against the Braita number one, which said that if it's hardwood, I am not allowed to uh, cut it, to smell, or to break off a piece to make it into a toothpick. So how are we going to resolve this question? And the answer is, we're going to say it's two different authors. All right, which is which we're going to actually say that the second one, the lenient one is Rabbanan, and the, and the, the stringent one is Rabbi Eliezer. It's going to come from the second half of this Baraita, but we'll read the whole thing. The first case is talking about just taking something, not cutting it. So this is not relevant to us. Um, so Rabbi Eliezer, who said the same thing in, our, in the Mishnah, says you can take a piece of hay and use it to as a toothpick. And Chamim say, no, you can only take it if it's in the animal's uh, trough. So it's already animal fodder, then you can use it because anything that's animal fodder will be okay. All right, so that's just taking it, not cutting it. Here we get to the main part. And they agree that you should not cut it. But if you did cut it, the avad uh, to make a toothpick or as a lock pick. That's cool. They had lock picks back then. If you did it um, unwittingly, then you have to bring a chatat. So this is, means it's a really a sumedoraita. stringent and says Shabbat chatat. If you do it on purpose on Shabbat, it will be chayav sikila or karet. On yom tov, if you do it on purpose, any melacha on purpose, there's forty lashes. Beshogeg on Yom Tov, there is no punishment. Uh, so that, that would explain this, this phrasing, phrasing here. How come he gave an example of Shogeg on Shabbat and Mezid for Yom Tov? And the answer is, well, we try, want to try to lessen it as much as possible. So we assume that if someone violated Shabbat, it was Bishogeg. And then you know, the, in consequence, if it was Mezid, it would be more, more stringent. But you, uh, on Yom Tov, there is no punishment for Shogeg. So you can't say that it's Chayav Deoraita by using a shogeg case. So that's what we use a mezid case. Anyway, the point is that a bialiezid is stringent in the case of taking something and using it for, um, for a toothpick. Whereas chachamim omerim, echad zev, echad zev, no ela mishum shevut. This is either case, either Shabbat or Yom Tov. Um, uh, and uh, right, either usage, if you're using it to as a toothpick or as a lockpick, it's just shevut, it's only the rabbanan. So we see that they are more lenient. So Now, in that case, they were talking about using it as a toothpick, which is a very bad thing to do because that's a new vessel. And he's the one that said in that case. So in the case of breaking it for fragrance, which is one level below, because it's just for fragrance, it's not really making a new vessel, the Beliezer would say that's Patur Avalasur. The banan who say in the case of a toothpick, which is a real full vessel, and there they said, it's okay, the banan, so, or doraita, but without punishment, um, and so in this case, it's one level down, and it's totally permitted, and so that explains the discrepancy between the two, but I thought on the previous page, the first one, which was stringent, would be to be Eliezer. The second one, which was lenient, would be Rabbanan.
Last point about this. But this is a Mishnah after all. What is the Beliezer going to do with this case of you have um, you have a, a, this vessel and you are breaking it to get the figs inside as long as you're not making a keli. But you're able to do this even though you're breaking these pieces of wood. Oh, that case must be talking about a, um, a vessel that was already broken and you, and you patched it up with pitch. Here's, uh, here's pitch that comes from a mastic tree, right? So it was already like almost broken. And so there's no way that you would ever use it again. And so there's absolutely no problem, no, no worry that you're making a clee. That's the case that Abelia is permitted, but otherwise he would not. All right, and now last point. And the next the Mishnah says, you're allowed to collect straw from your yard because it was all enclosed. So I had it in mind somewhat to use as firewood. Okay, so that's the opinion we saw already. I have it in mind, it's in my yard. But here, this Benaita says, as long as you don't arrange it in nice piles, you're not allowed to do this. The Bishamon says you are allowed. Now, what's the difference between these two opinions? Because everyone agrees that you can take the wood from the yard and burn it. The question is, can you make nice piles or not? So uh, what's the difference? Um, so the first opinion that says it's not allowed says someone passing by sees you making nice big piles of wood in your yard he assumes you're preparing them for tomorrow and the next day. Um, so therefore, don't do it, even though you're going to burn it today. So technically it's allowed. But Rabbi Shimon says that the person passing by will also notice that you have a pot there cooking and will know that, oh, he's cooking something. He must need the, he need the wood in these piles for cooking. And therefore he will assume the best. And uh, last line, and uh, the Mishnah mentioned that you're not allowed to create a new fire on Shabbat. Because you're creating something new on Yom Tov. This is an act of creation, and that is not allowed. So you see that the uh, simple reading of the, of the Talmud is that making a fire is creating something new, and you can't do that. Interestingly, Rambam doesn't uh, interpret this, this reason uh, in accordance with the other laws of Yom Tov, that it's not that just that you're creating something new, but something that you could have done from before Yom Tov. So I wonder if there will be a difference between these reasons. Let's say there was some kind of uh, you know, cooking uh, 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 utensil or something that could not be, be lit from before, uh, whatever reason you couldn't light from before, then would it be allowed to uh, start that utensil or start that fire on Yom Tov. I don't know any cases where this would be allowed, but uh, that would be a difference between the two reasons here. Baruch Adonai Amen.